0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We're just we're just finishing up uh, about bowing, about bowing in the shmonesrei. We're just talking about bowing in the shmonesrei, and uh, we just so we do the gemara again. It's a very short gemara, and we'll explain it and we'll give the halacha. We'll move on. Okay, so we are discussing bowing in the shmonesrei. And we have the saying of Rabbi Rabba Shmedarav. Rabbi said the name of Rab, And we have a few uh, different sayings by the same rabbi. So it's uh, the same rabbi. And that's what happens when the Gemara brings down sayings. Of one rabbi, sometimes it just tells you the whole bunch of sayings by the same rabbi. Because we said everything was done by memory in those days. So the Maturgaman, who is the translator and the broadcaster for the rabbi, he had a hard drive in his head. And he was the one who remembered everything. So you so say, what does this rabbi say? Oh, this rabbi he said many things. So he's regurgitating so <laughs> everything that he learned. So this is a list. We're in a list now of what this rabbi said. We're gonna, we haven't finished the list. And that's why sometimes the topics are not related. How are they related? They're related by the person who said them. It's so the same rabbi saying them. So this is all in the name of rabbi bar chinana in the name of Rab. We said Rab was the student of Rabbi Yehuda rabbi Hanasi, who was the Rabbi Judah Prince. And Rav was a very famous st- student of Rav Yehudah HaNasi. And eventually moves to Babel. And he becomes the chief rabbi of? Nardea yeah. yeah. uh, was Sura, Surah. Sura Nardea, two big cities in Babel. So Shmuel. Shmuel was the chief rabbi of Nardea. And Rav was the, sh- was the chief rabbi of Surah. And they was argued. And the is like Rav when it comes to rituals. When it comes to monetary cases, the is like Shmuel. Okay, that's the general rule. There are, there are exceptions to the rule. So we have a statement in the name of Rav. Hamid, <laughs> okay, Hamid Pallel, when he bends, when he bends, he bends in Baruch, when he says Baruch Ata, so he said there are four brachot in the Shemunah where you where you bend, the first and the last brach of the first paragraph, right? That Baruch you bend, and then at the end, Baruch Ata Hashem you bend again. Okay? So you bend on Baruch, and same thing applies in modim. Modim, there's no baruch. So when you bend, you bend in modim. Modim is instead of baruch. And when you straighten up, you straighten up on Hashem. Modim. It's a long time. Modim manaknullah Shatahu Hashem. Sixth word. Baruch at Hashem is only three words. You're straightening up. Or, you know, but modim manaknullah, you stay bent. So you say Hashem's name, which is six words later. Long time. So when you, you bow at baruch, and when you straighten up, you straighten up when you say God's name. Right? Hamashmuel, my Tama. Shmuel says, What's the reason? So Shmuel is explaining Rab. Now it's interesting because Rab was the one who always argued with him. Rab is the rabbi, chief rabbi of Surah. Shmuel is the chief rabbi of there. Shmuel is now explaining the statement of Rab. It's amazing. Nice. Very nice. He's explaining. He's not arguing. He's not arguing with him. He's explaining him. Contemporaries. Shmuel says, my tamad, the Rav. what's the reason of Rav that it says Hashem is okay. it's a Pasuk in Malachi Chapter two? Hashem is the one who straightens the bent. So since Hashem is the one who straightens the bent, when you say Hashem's name, you straighten up. Okay? That's that's where you live. That's the pasuk he learns. He said, Rav learns it from this pasuk. This is the source of Rav's learning. When do you straighten up? You straighten up Hashem's name. Why do you straighten up Hashem's name? Because that's why Hashem strains up. They use the uh, ari- Arizal. This is the Arizal. Yeah, come to it, come to it. This yeah. is their they're describing Arizal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that's the first, that's, that's uh, Shmuel. How much word? my time, what's the reason of Rav? Because Hashem's kipfi okay. Meitave. Now we have a question the rabbis in the yeshiva asked. Now it says meitave. Doesn't say who it is. Bnei yeshiva asked. That's how we normally translate meitave. The, the people in the yeshiva at that time, who when Shmuel say this, they asked this question. They say, hey, there's another pasuk. Another verse seems to contradict that. In Malachi also. What's Meitveh mean? The bnei yeshiva asked. The people in the yeshiva asked when he said this. They asked the question. The people in the yeshiva. They're students. now they get that from word is a question. There's different kinds of questions. Some questions are harder than the others. It says t'yufta. it's like a refutation. face a question. It's a pretty strong question. Another pasuk says, because of my name, bend. You shouldn't be standing, you should be bent. pasuk says. It doesn't say, it doesn't say, at my name you bend. It says, because of my name you bend, you bend. Right? We're trying to say, hey, there's a pasuk that says, you should be bending when you say God's name. The pasuk says, hey, that's not, that's not the pasuk. The pasuk says, because of my name you bend, not, be, not, not bend in my name, it doesn't say in my name you bend, it says because of my name you bend. So we're bending because of God's name, and then we're straightening up because of God's name. Okay, so that's good. That's the end of that question. We don't have that question, right? Got it? Got the answer? Yeah. The question is the puzzle seems to say you have to bend at God's name. The Quran says no. It doesn't say you bend at God's name, you bend before. because of God's name. Before. And that's what we do. We bend before God's name. Okay, now we come to a nice story. Again, about Shmuel. Amar Shmuel bar barav. Shmuel said to the chia barav, bar the son of Rav. So obviously Rav probably passed away by then. So it's nice. Shmuel is doing nice, making nice to Rav. He's talking to his son, Chia, the son. Baruyan, the son of light, which is the son of the Torah, You're Ben Yeshiva. Yeah, take one, Ben Yeshiva. The son of the Yeshiva, son of the Torah, Tav, come here, Veimalach milta, malyata. Come here to me, and I will tell you something which your father said, the Amar Abuch, your father said, Hachi, Amar This is what your father said. Shoo korea, when a person bends, korea babaruch. He bends, babaruch. okay, it's okay Hashem. When you stand up, you stand up, Hashem. Hashem. So it's interesting, either this halacha was forgotten, and the rabbis are reintroducing it, or it's some new invention. It's a very, It probably was forgotten, probably was forgotten. Don't forget, you're in Babylon. You're in Babylon here. They didn't know these halakhot. They're coming from Israel, where the source of the unchecked lazadulah is in Israel. Just took a while to get there, or they forgot, or something happened in between, or it's a new invention. Rav Rav made a, a new discovery. It's pasuk, you bow four times in the shmones. Where do you bow? And how do you bow? No one discussed it before. It's probably an old thing which is probably forgotten. That's probably my nice. surmise. So nice. Rav Sheisha, uh, page. Uh, okay, we're on next page. You'd bet. I would bet. Tell you the page. Top line. Rav Sheshat, Rav Sheshat, when he when he bowed, he bowed like Rashi says, like a stick in the hand of a man. Bang. Like that. So when the person sticks a stick, it all goes down in one shot. So the body, and the head, everything goes down in one shot. That's how Rav Sheshat would bow, like a stick, and this is brought down by the Shukhano. Shukhano says when you bow, you bow like a stick, which means you go like this. Baruch. One move. Okay? That's the pity of the Shukhan But when you straighten up, he says, and that's the next part, Kikazakif, when you straighten up, Zakif ka chivya. You straighten up like a snake. How do you straighten up like a snake? First the head and then the body. So that's the Shukhan Aruch. Shukhan says, when you go down, you go down straight like that. And when you straighten up before you straighten up your head and then your body. It's hard to do. Straighten up your head and then your body. Okay? That's the opinion of Shulchan Aruch. We said there's three different opinions. That's the opinion of Shulchan Aruch. Uh, the second opinion is uh, Magadam Magadam says, at Baruch, you bend your knees. He gets it from the Zohar. So normally the Magadam says, when, when the Gemara argues with the Zohar, you can follow the Gemara. That's what the, that's, that's the, the Magadam himself says. But over here, he follows the Zohar for some reason. He says, first, at Baruch, you bend your knees. And then at Hashem, you bend the body. Attai you bend your body, and then Hashem, you straighten up. So, three, three steps. Baruch is the knees, Atai is the body, and then you straighten up. Hashem. That's the opinion of the Mark That's the Mishnah Brewer, the Chaim, and that's the Ashkenazi opinion. You bend your knees, and then you bend your body. And then you have the Arizal. The Arizal is not here. The, Arizal, the Kafr Chaim brings down the Arizal. And the Arizal says, first, is always your body, and then your head. So when you go down in two steps, Baruch is your body and your head. tell you stay down, Hashem you go up, first the body and then the head. It's much easier to do than the opposite. The body first and then the head makes logical sense. And he learns it from our Gemara. How does he learn from our Gemara? Because the Gemara says, "Keshu korea korea. When he bows, he bows. He says the word bowing twice. So says, here, look, see, it's in two, two stages. First the body and then the head but they're both done at Baruch not like the Ashkenazim Ashkenazim say separated Baruch is just the knees and then the body no, the no, says they're both at Baruch and that's what the Gemara says be when he bows he bows Baruch so why the word bow twice he said because the bow twice is telling you there's two parts to the bowing and then when it says Kishu zokef zokef when he straightens up he straightens up there's also two parts to the straightening up process first the body straightens up and then the head straightens up okay. that's all done at one that's all done at Shemash that's the difference three opinions uh, there's the Shulchan Aruch and there's the uh, Maggid Abraham and then there's the Harizah okay we're moving on now to the next topic and the next topic is really we pass the next topic which is the 10 days of repentance the prayers change in the 10 days of repentance two things change in the Shemun Asrei what changes in the Shemun no. instead of Ha'el HaKadosh you say HaMelech HaKadosh instead of HaMelech uh, haKamishpat, you say HaMelech HaMishpat where is this Gemara right here we're a little bit late. Let's go for next year. We're in advance the next year. Second line of the Gemara, we're the two dots. Rav. Again, the same person. These are all the statements of Rav, quoted by Rav. Rav, bar Kol Ashana Kula, all year long, you say Kadosh, and we say Except for the 10 days of repentance between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. What do you say the 10 days of repentance? So Kamar says. Here we are. That's it. Okay. So that's uh, basically that's the that's what we do today, right? We're going to see. this a Machlokit. It, it would have the avad. What happens if you say "Ha'ilakadosh"? You said "Ha'ilakadosh." The ten repentance. Are you Yotze or not? Know Rabbi Laza, Rabbi Rabbi Laza says, If you say Kadosh, you still fulfill your obligation. Yeah, you see that? So according to Rabbi Laza, we don't follow Rabbi Laza, as you, as you know. If you say Kadosh today, you have to go back and repeat the whole thing, and you change it straight away. So Rabbi Lazzar says, no, I'll bring a proof. Ha'el <laughs> Kadosh is also good. Shema says, Nikdash So he brings a pasuk from Yeshayahu 5. It's to lift up. Uh, his uh, the the God of the hosts, the god of the of the armies. Tzvakot is the god of the armies. The first one the on, we learned this Who was the first one to say the god of the armies? Who remembers? Khanna. Remember? Khanna was the one of the first one to use this term, Hashem Tzavakot Hashem Tzfakot, God of the Armies. She's the first one that, we learned the Quran about Khanna and Eli. So she was praying how she prayed. It's an amazing ghana. So the first one to use it is Khana. Hashem When he does judgment, and the God of holiness, nikdash is sanctified with staka. So what is that? So we have over here in the, in the same pasuk, you have mishpat and you have staka, right? When is he the God of mishpat? Ematai, mishpat. When is God the God of mishpat in the 10 days, Right? These are the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And he's called the God of Mishpat. That's when God does judgment, right? And what is he also called? Haila Kadosh. He's also called Haila Kadosh. So we see that what? Haila Kadosh is also valid during the 10 days of repentance. That's his connection. We say so that? both, huh? We say no, that. we don't follow this opinion. But that's uh, He brings a proof from the passage. we're going to knock out the proof. Okay. So that's, that's, his, that's Rabbi Laza. Rabbi Laza was the son of Rabbi Shimon Barichai, probably. Mm-hmm. It's probably the same Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar was the son of Rabbi Shimon Barichai. And Rabbi Shimon Barichai was a student of Rabbi Akiva. So, so pretty uh, high up, pretty high up. Okay. What are we going to say about this? i Rabbi Yosef. I like the Lord. Uh it's good. Uh, Rav Rav Yosef says, yeah, I agree with you. Haila Kadosh, you should say Haila Kadosh, Melekh Takhad. Rabbah bar Rabbah says no. Rabba says, Hamelacha kadosh wa melakhishpat. Rabbah who is the last authority, he says you have to say Amelachadosh and Amelach Hamelachat. Behilcha takarabbah So here the Gemara gives you the Halacha. Clearly it says the Halakha is like Rabbah. That is so amazing. <laughs> okay, it's a good one. It's a nice one. Why? Because he's a, he's a, yeah. a halakhic Kabatra. He saw the previous authorities and he decided. Rabbah's was, a, Rabba was a pretty pretty late on. Rabbah Nabi. Did he not have to re- refute the post that was brought as a as a proof by Rabbi Eliezer? Or? Okay, so let's see some Rashi over here because it's a very very good question, there. So the Gemara. Let's see the Rashi. It's third. Line, it's a fourth line in Rashi. Hamelach Hakadosh why do we say HaKadosh"? there's no pasuk brought right doesn't say why there's no, there's no pasuk so Rashi says halalu, haulam. because we know this time it's the 10 days of repentance and God is judging the world and who judges the world he's the king of judgment he's the king of that time so that's why it's a Sfara. It's a sfara. it looks like it's a Sfara. there's no, there's no pasuk yeah. and even if you say there's a pasuk it's not really a pasuk of drashjag It's a it's a, it's a smakhtah if you bring a verse, not, we normally don't learn from verses. The verses are just used as, as a lead, to lean on. Right, the rabbis want to tell you a law, and they're, they're people say, eh, yeah, it's a rabbinical law. Oh, we'll bring a pasuk. That's why you can't argue with us. You know? We'll bring a pasuk to show it's important. But usually a lot of the pasukimah, the pasukimah just brought, unless it's a limud gamur from the Torah, from Over here me. it's not from the Torah, it's from the, uh, the prophets. It's a complete learning. They're learning out completely from the Torah. It's completely from the Torah. A lot of the mitzvot are from the Torah. They're, they're written in the Torah. But there's some things which are not written in the Torah. Like, for example, uh, on Sukkot, right? You do Nisukhamayim, pouring the water. It's not explicit in the Torah. It's hinted to in the Torah. Right? So would this have been done, like, when Shimon Esrei was kind of started, this would have been part of it, or, they, or maybe it was instituted later? Or... Good question. What it, it would have to be, if it makes the whole Shemonesri invalid, it's hard to say it came later. It's hard to say that later on the rabbi said, you know, if you don't say this, it make the Shemonesri invalid. You're, you're, they're approving the Takana. The Takana was to say the Shimon Esri. Now, You said the Shemonesri properly, why are you going to make it invalid? But you can see it was ready a machloket going down all the way to Rabiah, to Rabah. Some people said yes, some people said no. It's interesting, till the time where the halacha was sealed, you had different opinions. So it says you say HaMelech HaMishpad in? HaMelech HaKadosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's, halacha, yeah. That's Halacha. But I thought you said we should just do one. Who said that? Oh, no. Different stages no. The no, the, no, no. No, there's two different brachot in the Shemun right? So there's a bracha HaMelech So you say HaMelech HaKadosh. That's one. The second bracha is Melech HaHed SiddhaKaMishpad. Which you say every day. Shavdei, dek, va'shana. All right, over there you say Hamala Khabishpat instead of It's two different brahwa you have to change on the ten days of repentance. And then we have makhloket now over here. Right, well, let's, let's just do the and then we'll get to the Mahloq. Going back to what we learned last week, why would we if there's a suffix, why would we have it repeated because of the the chance of um, It's not suffix, once the, the Halakha? that's it. No suffak anymore. Once you have hilkata. if it's a teku, if the Gemara says teku, we don't know, Safe. but it doesn't say that. It says Hilchata, which is very, very, it gives a psaq. The Gemara gives a psaq. It's Baruch Hashem. It's time, you know, you, go, you learn the Gemara and then you get to the bottom line of the Gemara. That's what we learned the Gemara for. Rambam says, why do we learn Gemara? To get to the bottom line. Yeah, the Gemara gives you a bottom line. The gemara, Some Gemaras don't give you a bottom line. You're going to figure out what the Halakha is, and then you get all the machlokot between all the Rishonim over here. You can't argue with the Gemara. The Gemara says, Hilkata, this is the Halakha. And yet we'll see that there is a debate. Oh, gosh. It's not a debate about HaMelech HaKadosh, it's a debate about HaMelech HaHivsida KaMishpat. The Rambam says, since you say the word Melech anyway, what difference? Melech HaHivsida KaMishpat or HaMelech HaMishpat? So you say the Melech. <laughs> <laughs> And you're starting, there's a makhluke. The Benish Chai says, like the Ramat. He says, Safaikh <laughs> Prochodak, the Ramat says, if you say, Melech HaMishpat, you said the word Melech. You're saying God is the king who loves judgment. What's the difference between the king who loves judgment and the king of judgment? Oh, there is a difference. Well, if there wasn't a difference, why would we change it at all? Exactly. And it seems to be against the, the Gemara. And the Shukran follows the Gemara exactly. Rabbi Yosef Karo follows the Gemara exactly. The Gemara, Rabbi Yosef Karo says, if you do not say, HaMelech HaMishpat, you have to go back and repeat it. If you do not say, I'm Melech HaKadosh, everyone agrees. You have to go back and repeat it. So the question is, Melech HaHitsda Kamishpat, is that good enough or not? So Rama says, it's good enough. You can't just come along and the Gemara says, no, Ilkhat does not like that. <laughs> it's very interesting. So let's go, let's do a uh, little bit of Rashi over here. So Rashi seems to be saying it's, it's a svara. it's a logic. Ha-melech ha-kadosh, halaluhu mare because on these ten days, Hashem shows his kingship. He's judging the world. Which, by the way, is also a secret. It's not in the Torah. The Ten days of repentance are not in the Torah at all. We know there's Rosh Hashanah. It's not even called Rosh Hashanah. It's called... The day of blowing no idea. We have no idea about Rosh Hashanah. It's not called Rosh Hashanah. It's, it's not in the beginning of the year because it's the seventh month. <laughs> Torah says the seventh month. Seven so it's only by Oral law that we find out later on. There's the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says as you want the, it's the day of judgment. Karayim don't have, a, they have, they hmm? have Rosh Hashanah, have Rosh right? I don't know what they have. Yeah, they open, I don't know. Know. They I mean, The Torah doesn't say anything about Rosh Hashanah. It doesn't say anything. It's Oral law. Probably there Rosh Hashanah is uh, Nisan. I mean, if you go by the Torah, uh, Nisan is the first month. That's the month we came out of free, of slavery. That's our month. That's the way our year starts. That's, that's originally. That's where the Torah's year starts. So Rosh Hashanah is in the seventh month, which is very strange. Very strange. And then the Oral Law gives it significance. Certain things start on Rosh Hashanah, right? You count the uh, you count the uh, Masir goes by Rosh Hashanah. Masir goes by Rosh Hashanah. The, the tides go by Rosh Hashanah. So certainly it's, there's an importance to Rosh Hashanah, which is oral law again. It's not, it's not explicit in the Torah. So anyway, so it's a logic to say God is a king. That's what Rashi tells us. HaMelech HaMishpat, Kamo Melech HaMishpat, HaMelech HaMishpat, Melech HaMishpat, the king of judgment, or king of the judgment, Kamo Nosih HaRon Okay, so it's a grammatical issue. It's the same thing. All right. Okay, so let's see Tosfot over here. The second Tosfot: Hilchata the Rabbah, and so the Halacha is like Rabbah. You have to say HaMelech Hakadosh, and you have to say HaMelech Hamishpat. Okay, two different brachot, right? You have the brachot of HaMelech Hakadosh. You say HaMelech Hakadosh, Melech Ohev Stak Hamishpat, and Hashiva Shoftenu becomes Melech HaMelech Hamishpat. You have to do that. if he doesn't do it, Tosfot says he has to go back ok now we don't talk about over here the Gemara does not talk about it. it's interesting the seven additions we do during the ten days which are from the Geonim much later than the Gemara it's not in the Gemara where is it? it's in the Geonim it's not here what's the Geonim? well Tosua brings it down here so Toswa says over here very strange things he says v'chein you have to go back and repeat if he didn't say it. it so says, What difference? They're all part of the same idea that God is the God of judgment on these 10 days, and then for all the additions, not just these two additions, you have to go back and repeat. Whoever changes the order of what the rabbis fixed does not fill the obligation. For heep asakrabeyne Yehuda, and that's what Rabbi Yehuda says, which is, I guess is one of his uh, latter la- 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 authorities. If he's in doubt whether he said it or not, go back and do it again. K'deita bireshami the taniit. Okay, so he brings a proof of taniit. Rabbeinu let's go. Let's skip a little bit. Go to Rach. Rabbeinu Chananel, katab zeir machzimato mikol otani dvarim. Now we come to the Halakha. Rach says, all the other editions except for the two mentioned in Gemara and Machzir Motor, you don't have to go back. The low pasak ve-sefer because they're not there in the, in the, the Gemara. It does not talk about the other things. It just says two things. You have to go back. Melecha, melecha kadosh, and melecha mishpat. Doesn't say the other things. Okay, so that's the machlok and the Halakha. is like Rach, uh, Rabbeinu Chananel, that uh, you don't have to go back for all the other editions, only for two things. Which is the Melechha Mishpat and Melchakesh. So in Rosh Hashanah there is more than two editions? Yes. All the other things. Yeah. So the question is you have to go back for those as well? If you've kept them, the answer is no. Halakha is no, and you look at the city, he will tell you, it'll tell you don't go back. <laughs> it Tells you. So the Halakha is interesting. it's so the, <clears throat> the, in the You go back and not go back. It's very interesting. I thought the first opinion is Rabbi Rabbi I've never heard of he's one of the Bali Tosfut. Rabbi Khanal is very famous. So Rahi is usually a commentary on the ba- yeah. yeah. This is Rabbi Nisim. There's a Rabbi Hananah which is also on the side of the Gemara, separate commentary. And it also quotes it. All right, I think he's one of the four rabbis who were shipwrecked, right, from Babylon. Rabbi Hanel was one of the four, right, or the son of one of the four. Uh, during that period, during that period, that's when the that's when the Torah moved from Babylon to Israel from the four great rabbis from Babylon, who were shluchim, going to collect staka, who were shipwrecked, and they were redeemed, ransomed by Jews along the coast of the Mediterranean. And each one, when he was ransomed, built a yeshiva there. And that's how the Torah moved from Babylon to Europe. It's amazing. Through a (laughs) shipwreck. But the merit of these people, they they ransomed them for a lot of money, and the merit of that, they got Torah from them. (laughs) They got their money's worth, boy, they got their money's worth. Every place got a yeshiva, and the Torah came to Europe. Before that, everything was in Spain. You know, you go to, uh, Spain would get their Torah from Babylon. So he said, Midhag is really Midhag Bagel, really, originally. Mm. And, and then eventually it changed. Then they were, broke off from Babylonians. The Rambam was the last straw for the Babylon. He knocked off the, uh, the Gionim. He broke the power of the Gionim, really. After the Rambam, no one wrote letters to the Gionim. They wrote letters to the Rambam. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they didn't bother sending letters to the Gionim anymore. So anyway, so he argued the Gionim the uh, last of the Gionim. That was the last of the Gionim at the time of the Rambam Okay, we are moving on. So that's, that's the second topic. First topic we did so far, we did the topic of bowing during the Shmon You say so you have to bow four times. and Machloket is how do you bow? There are three different ways of bowing. Shulchan Aruch says you bow first, you bow completely. And then in, when it comes to Hashem, you go up with your head first. And then, just like the Gemara, you go down like a stick and you come up like a snake. Okay? The Arizal says first your body goes down and then your head both in Baruch and Hashem you, you straighten up first your body and then your head the Magadam says first you bend your knees at Baruch you bow at Hashem uh, at Hatah, and you straighten up Hashem ok so three different ways of bowing and then we talked about Melech uh, Ha'efselaq Kamishpat and Ha'il you have to say on the seven days of repentance HaMelech HaMishpat and HaMelech HaKadosh ok that's the that second Halacha we learned. Now we come to number three. Again, the same rabbi. Everything, all these statements. Again, we said, you jog the guy's memory, he starts telling you everything the person said. Amazing. You just jog my memory. Right. Oh, oh, Rav. Oh, oh, this is uh, Human This is rabbi Barchinana sabb mishmeda Rav. I know all the statements of rabbi barkinana. In the name of Rav, Here's another one. Whoever has the possibility of praying for someone else and he doesn't pray, Mikra is called a sinner. Oh boy. Imagine someone's sick and you could have prayed for him, you didn't pray for him. But so sometimes you get emails, right? They say, pray pray, pray for so and so. It's good to say something straight away so you won't forget. So he did something. He prayed. It's very important. Now this is not brought down as a halakha, but this is more good advice. This is not brought down as halakha but it doesn't make difference it's still good advice So, mm-hmm. and we have Pasukim backing it up where's the Pasuk? it says and me also this is Shmuel Hanavi the Jewish people are praying for a king mm-hmm. and Hashem is very upset with them because Hashem is the king Hashem says okay give them a king and Shmuel says because of this you're not gonna, it's not going to rain over here for a couple of years it's going to be a drought but don't worry I'll pray for you Gam Me also. khalil Ali. Woe to me, Mechatol Hashem. If I sin to God, Mechatol El Palel. If I don't pray bad, for you you. says, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for God's mercy for khalil Yisrael. Even though you did something really wrong, I'm going to still pray for you. Why is he going to pray for you? He says, Khalilali, Ali, which means, I don't want to sin by not praying for you which is interesting. He's telling them they're going to get punished. But he says, don't worry, I'll, I'll pray for you as well. So I don't want to get punished for not praying for you. In other words, if there's a for from Hashem, the, the prophet knows there's going to be a gazera, the prophet himself has to pray. We see this by Moshe Rabbeinu, who's the smartest, prayed, and he got everyone off the hook. Shul says, I'm going to be the same. In other words, I have empathy for you. Don't think, you know, Hashem says that he's going to punish you. It doesn't mean I, I, I'm, not, I'm on Hashem's side, I'm on your side. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to pray for you. Don't worry. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to sin. By imagine, Hashem says I'm going to make a decree. Hashem wants us to pray to break it, not to make other people suffer. It's it's wild. Just like Sodom. Yeah, Sodom didn't help. At least someone was saved. Lot was saved. Lot and his two two daughters, which uh, made the Mashiach's line. It's amazing. If Lot would have been killed, who knows where the Mashiach would come from? Boy, (laughs) get delayed again. So Hashem say uh, Mo, ha, saved. Uh, yeah, what? But uh, so we sure uh, that. I mean, I thought the idea was that it will, that Hashem planned to save Lord all along. Could very well be. Could very well. be. But we know that in the marriage of Lot, the whole city of Soar was saved as well. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Could be. Could be that Hashem wanted Lot to be saved anyway. But, but that's why he sent the three angels. Each one had a different mission. Could be. Mission Could that, uh, very well be. But we don't know exactly what the chronology is exactly. Maybe the angels, if Abraham would not have prayed, the angels would not have continued their way. We don't know exactly. We don't know. All these midrashim. But for sure, Lot learned from Abraham. So Lot had merit from Abraham. There's no question about it. Lot was following the ways of Abraham. So even if the prayers of Abraham didn't stand for him, the learning from Abraham did stand for him. The merit of Abraham stood for him because he learned from Abraham's merit. He took lessons from Abraham. He was Abraham's disciple, best disciple at one time. So so, let's go back. Abba Raba, we're in the two dots. Fourteen lines down. Rabba Raba Barchinana Saba, Meshmed the Rab. Rabba, Bar-Chinana, Saba, Saba, the Rab. Whoever can pray for his friend, Venavakesh, Nikrar, Achoteh. He's called a sinner if he doesn't pray. Shnei Mai he brings a proof from Shmuel Aleph, Shmuel Anavi, Gamalchi, Shmuel says, Even me, Halil Ali, Hashem. Woe to me if I sin to God if I don't pray for you. Amar Tamit Ravah says, the person who needs prayers is a rabbi, the person should become sick by from praying for him. <laughs> That's not He's halacha No, it's not halacha. But it's telling you how important it is to pray for someone who's a rabbi who's sick. My Tama, it's reason, where is it written? It's written in, also in Shmuel Abed so this is uh, this is Shaul HaMelech talking Shaul HaMelech says, no one is revealing to me the secret of where David is. I'm very upset with the people. Yeah, I'm sure David is hiding somewhere, and no one's worried, no one's praying for me, no one's doing anything for me. right. And came alive. you're not becoming sick because of me. You're not worried about me, you're not being sick. I'm I'm sick about worry about David becoming king. I don't need to become king, I'm the king. He's gonna take away my kingship. And no one over here is sick about it. You have no empathy for me. I'm the king, you have no empathy for me. No one's sick about it. No one wants to tell me. There's no, one, no one's putting my ear to tell me what's going on with David. Where is David? So Melakh so says, you know what? That proof is not really good proof. Why? That's talking about a king. So king, okay, you should get sick. If the king is uh, not doing well, you should try and help the king. Dilma Melech Maybe the king is different. So where can we learn it from? Let's learn it from here. And this is the pasuk in Tehilim, uh, 35. Vani Bechalotam And this is a very interesting pasuk, which uh, David Melech says um, that he would himself would get sick on behalf of people on the Sanhedrin who were sick. And even his worst enemies, if they were sick, like Achitofel and Doeg, right? They were the heads of the Sanhedrin. When they were sick, David says, I would fast for them, and I would pray for them, and I would get sick for them to get them better." So it's interesting. Yes, King David, Achitofel, yeah. Doeg and Achitofel, yeah. Rashi brings it down. So can you imagine these were, eventually these two became his worst enemies. Doeg was always against him. And eventually he tells Lashon about him and gets him into trouble. First he says he's not even Jewish, he's a son of a descendant of Ruth, he's not even Jewish. He, so even though Doeg was so anti-David, David is praying for him to get better. Wild! And Achitofel was the grandfather, we said, of Vatsheva. We learned this story on Shabbat, right? Achitofel joined Avshalom against him. But at one time, Achitofel was his rabbi. And therefore he prayed for him. Prayed for him. So, anyway, so the bottom line is, this is not brought down as halacha, but it's definitely good advice. Let's see Rashi over here. Okay. Haigarsin uh, im if he's a rabbi, sari and he needs prayers, sari shechaleat more love. Person's gonna get sick over him. In other words, pray well. Im tamin hacham who sari if he's a rabbi, the person who needs the prayers, the rabbi sari shechaleat Okay. Rashi says, David and Melech would get sick for Doeg and Achitofel who were not his friends. But they were rabbis and therefore David would pray for them. Can you imagine? Amazing. Amazing, amazing. So David would pray for his, well, they were not his enemies yet probably, but he would pray for these great rabbis who they thought they were great rabbis at that time. Doeg was the head of San Henry. Doeg Haidomi. That's why Shaul listened to him. Why would Shell pay attention to Doeg at all? Yeah. Because Doeg was the head of the San Who still followed the opinion that was that the Moabites are not allowed whether they're female or male. That's that's Doeg's opinion. <laughs> Even though Boaz and his baytin already said there, you know, Doeg said, no, forget about Boaz. Boaz was the. Uh, he had an interest to get root because he married her. So he, you know, so. Doeg? Yeah, head of the San can you imagine? The power went to his head. It's like he got corrupted completely. It was terrible. Him and achitofel had bad Midot. That's, that's what the commentary say. They had bad Midot, and the, even though they were so knowledgeable, the Midot killed them. The bad they had bad Midot. They didn't change their Midot. The person can be very knowledgeable theoretically, but it doesn't change who they are. So they're evil inside. Terrible, terrible. They have bad Midot, bad traits. So achitofel wanted to be the king. And he, we talked about it on Shabbat, right? Who, uh, no one's here on Shabbat. <laughs> You're here. <laughs> You're here? No, a few weeks ago, you yeah. But we did it last week as well. So we talked about how yeah. last, this is the last class on Afshalom's rebellion. We said, Achitov really wanted to be king. He wanted to get Afshalom into trouble. Say, Afshalom, go and have relations with David's Pilakshim. 10 Pilakshim. Afshalom had to have relations with 10 Pilakshim. And he also advised uh, Afshalom to go, let me go and lead the w- army and kill David right now. we go now, while David's on the run and uh, so why, why did he do that number one he wanted to kill David and he wanted to get rid of Afshalom and say later on when he comes back with successfully killing David he'd say look Afshalom is chayab mitah he had relations with his uh, David's pelagshim <laughs> he had committed adultery kill him said he'll be the king that's what Achitofah wanted amazing it turned out very different it turned out that he, he went and committed suicide instead <laughs> Achitofah <laughs> because he knows that he's going to lose okay anyway let's go into another case okay next case so it's interesting that uh, it's very important to pray. So what is the halakha today? Um, you get an email from someone here. Is it an obligation to pray? It's definitely good to pray. It's always good to pray. Someone says, can you pray for someone? So, okay. Doesn't mean you have to pray all your life. Say once, at least. Say once. But if it's a rabbi, then it's good to say a few times. Because you know, it says you have to You have to worry about it. So a uh, rabbi, big rabbi, is sick person, everyone should be praying for that person. Okay, now we come to Teshuvah. This is the topic, right? We advertise. Again, the same rabbi. Vama rabba bar khinina saba, mishmayd rav. Rabba bar khinina saba says the name rav. Kolhaus said the bar ravira, mit bayeshbo. Whoever doesn't have Iran is just embarrassed by it. Mukhalim lo al kolaburantav. All his sins are forgiven. Right? This is amazing. And it has to be understood. What do you mean? Why is all his sins forgiven? I can understand Allah. that sin is forgiven. Why is all his sins forgiven? Allah. So the answer is that one of the important traits of a Jew is boshet, Busha. right? There's three fundamental traits for a Jew. What are the three fundamental traits? Rachmanim, bishanim, and gomle Rachmanim is merciful. Bishanim <laughs> is shame, embarrassment that a person says, you know, I did something wrong, I'm embarrassed. And gomle chasidim giving kindness, three three very important traits for a Jew. And the Shulchan says, when you look for your spouse, you look for these three traits. And then he says, if you find one of them, you're lucky. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. one is enough. One of the three traits is a sign of a Jew. Acronym, giver. Huh? What is the acronym? Giver. They Men. What is it? Giver, gimel vet resh. So gomle chasidim. Baishanim and Rahmanim. Very nice. Giver. Ezu Giver a Gibor actually. What's a Giver? A Giver is what's a man? A man is Gomelech Hasadim. Baishanim and Rahmanim. Very good. So, in that order. Gimel. Gimel, Betresh. So, okay, so how does a person get forgiveness for their sins if they're embarrassed that they did something wrong? So, that embarrassment is a very, very powerful tool. And a person should work on it. You know, that's the problem today is no one gets embarrassed anymore. What's that book? There's a book. Uh, Manit, Rabbi Manitz Friedman, right? He said, they "Write a book." We're, we're not embarrassed. What did he say? What's the title of the book? Blushing? Huh? No one blushes. No anymore. one blushes anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody blushes anymore. They mm-hmm. say, "I'm I am this," "I'm that." And they, they they brag about it. Asur. Mm-hmm. That's why we're not allowed to say vidui mm-hmm. aloud. Because then it seems like I'm bragging. I sin with this, and I sin with this. <laughs> Look at me! I'm a I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. No, don't advertise that You're a sinner. Do it quietly. Yeah. I'll sort to advertise it. You mustn't advertise it. Because then it seems like you're proud of it. So, but are embarrassed by the bad deeds. Not not uh, boast about the bad deeds. People today boast about the bad deeds. It's terrible. So is the it? guy wants to go down as a mass killer, murderer. There, there's a competition out there. They're mad Where? people, and the in the west, the wild west. We're living in the wild west. Right, the biggest mass murderer. He was the most successful. He killed twenty-seven people. Terrible, yeah. where does it leave us? Come on, let's go. Let's let's do the let's do the let's do the Gemara. <laughs> we didn't start yet. Where did we learn this from? So, whoever does a sin, obviously, this is not <coughs> a halakha again. It doesn't tell you halakha if you do a sin. It's, you get forgiven if you, if you get so embarrassed. It's not a halakha. It's a good advice. All these are good advice. In other words, embarrassment is a very powerful tool to become a Teshuva. Embarrassment is a very powerful tool. And a person who's embarrassed by the previous mm-hmm. deeds, that's one of the ways of guarantee teshuva. That's one of the ways of guarantee Kapara. That God forgives. So, what is the proof? Shanaimata says, Laman tizkariyu boshed. This is a pasuk in the Haskel Tezain, which we have to see Rashi for. That's one that's one uh, place we learned it from. Um, Dilma okay, so that's the Gemara says that Pasuk is not a very good Pasuk. Why? It's talking about a community. It's in the plural. Right? That you should you should remember and be embarrassed. And you won't have any other reason to sin. Uh, so says Hashem Elokim. So Sagman says, that's Dilma Tibur Shani. That's talking about a community. That's, Yecheska is talking about the whole community of Israel. And therefore, that's different over there. It's not talking about to an individual. So, therefore, by a community, maybe if they're embarrassed, okay, no problem. I can understand that. What about individual? When you know about individual? Sagman so, says, Elamehacha. We learn out from here the story of Shaul HaMelech. Sha'ul Amelad did something very, very wrong. What was his biggest sin that Shaul did? The city of Nov, all the Kohenim. Imagine, city of Nov, Ir which I think was fifty-five people. Eighty-five. Eighty-five. Eighty-five people. Eighty-five men. Plus, plus, plus all the women, the children. Even. Eighty-five people. But he had—he didn't do it himself. He told, uh, what happened? Doeg told him, the Lashonara. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, they're, they're traitors. Uh, they helped David uh, against you. But they didn't know David was running away from Shaul. They thought he was his brother in law. Was, David was Shaul's brother in law, his son in law. Sorry, he was married his daughter, Michal. And he's a general in the army and he's on a special mission and he needs help. Of course, we'll help him. They didn't know he was a traitor. They didn't know Shaul considered a traitor. But the way Doeg told it to him, Doeg. Uh, Later on thick. you know he, they knew about it and they helped David and they gave him the sword of the Goliath, to help uh, Shaul went crazy went ballistic. And they're helping David and he, and he calls them and they come they come in assembly. you help David Ahituuf who was the chief uh, uh, high priest at Ahitu, and he, uh, he told his army to kill them. Now who's in the army? Who's the head of his army that time? huh. Yo. Yeah, I've never been there. ner was the head of the army of Shaul, and then Yoav eventually killed him. But he was against Sha- Yoav, Yoav and Avner and W. Avner Benner, and he tells Avner Benner, "Kill them." Avner Benner would not kill them. Avner never was a sadiq; he wouldn't kill them. He would disobey the king's order. Can imagine. Uh, so he tells everyone in the army: no one, not a single Jew, is going to kill the, the. They're not mad. Kill the. Call kill all. they kill all the kind even not us. No, thank you. So who tells the egg, you said the Lashonara, you killed them. From there, the Quran says, we're a different place. So the guy who speaks Lashonara has also the power to kill. You know, the person speaks Lashonara about someone doesn't really care about them. They don't really care about them, really, they, they could even kill them. It's a horrible thing. So There's a slippery slope between Lashonara and killing someone. Boy, it's hard to, we have to really put that together. The would who speak, why I speak bad about someone, it's like, it means I don't like them. I get like, I don't like them to the point where you can even eventually kill them, that's, that's a big step to, big, you know, to draw so, do, so Doeg spoke bad about the Quranim and eventually he killed them it's horrible, he didn't just kill one he killed a whole bunch of them but these were Quranim from the descendants of Eli, Eli's house was cursed, so again this is part of the curse but you know, who said he has to be the one to do it he did the dirty work They're from the house of Eli and one of the most illustrious descendants of the house of Eli was later on huh one of the latter prophets no. <laughs> meow jeremiah and that 's why jeremiah was was not a coin in the in the in the temple because already David Abel at the end took away the, uh, and Shlomo took away the priesthood from aviatar who was the son of Vaidov because he didn't the the didn 't answer him. Mm. We learned it last week as well. Guys, you're missing out if you don't come the, to the Shmuel Bet Shira. So you're missing Shemuel. out all this background information. So clock. he took it away 3 o'clock, right? Shabbat. Shabbat, yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so uh, no videos of that one. <laughs> That's an unfortunate part. So what happened? He took it away from Aviatar, who was the son of Eli, and he gave it to Sadok. And Sadok was the son of Pinchas. So all the priesthood, the whole priesthood in the second and the first temple was from Pinchas's line. They took it away from Aviatar. So one time was at the house of Eli, who's Eli was from Itamar, Benaron Cohen, which is interesting, which is high priesthood. And he took away from Itamar and he gave it to Pinchas. So Pinchas was zoche, eventually to the priesthood, high priesthood in the first temple. So Aviatar was uh, sent home and. uh, And Sadok took over. All right. So now what is happening? So we need a pasuk to tell us of an individual who was embarrassed. And Hashem forgave. Who is that individual? No other than King Saul. Shaul HaMelech. So Shaul now is calling out to, he's at the end of his life, right? He has this prophecy, he's going to die. And he has now a big war with uh, the, the Pelishtim. And he doesn't know what to do, and the Urimatumim is not answering. He doesn't, answer. he doesn't even bother asking the Urimatumim because that's, you need a Kohen. And he killed the Kohenim. He uh, he's embarrassed. Can't, he can't do anything. So yeah, there's no. Navi will come to him and tell him what's going on. What's he going to do? He goes to the witch of Endor. The the witch way, this way is where The witch of Endor, which is two words. Endor means there's no generation, which means there's no future, basically. Endor. It's like Endor. Okay. Okay. Whatever. So, but there's a drush, end door, oh, yeah. with an aleph. You change it to an aleph, end door. There's no generation. So, and he, and they asked the witch to conjure up the spirit of Shmuel. So he conjures up the spirit of Shmuel. Shmuel comes out trembling upside down. The spirit of Shmuel comes out upside down. What does that means, You see, upside down, trembling. And Shmuel wants to know what's going on. Is this the end of days? Is this the Yom (laughs) He thinks it's Yom Adin, the awesome day of judgment. Wow, Shmuel, come back here, Shmuel Lam Nabi is scared of the Yom Adin. He's scared, what are you going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. He's trembling. (laughs) Until uh, Shaul pacifies him. No, that's not. Why do you bother me? Shaul, why do you bother me? He says, No one's answering me. I can't. I tried my best. I know no Navi will come to me. I can't go to the river to him. He didn't say why he didn't go to the river. Ah, that's the question. Why did he say what happened? He was embarrassed. He was embarrassed. Let's see. So it's good to be embarrassed. So what did it say? And Shmuel said to Shaul, Why have you made me scared? to bring me up I'm terrified I thought it was Yom said I'm in trouble I'm in a lot of trouble and the Felishtim are fighting with me Hashem has left me he didn't answer me through the prophets and he didn't answer me through my dreams and I was Shaul knew how to ask through dreams it's amazing there's a the concept of asking through dreams in fact, there's a whole book written, She'elot Shuvot Minashamayim. One of the rabbis in the time of the Totspur. He, uh, he would ask questions from heaven in his dreams. And he has a whole book, She'elot Shuvot Minashamayim, questions and answers. He got answers in his, in his dreams. But Allah is not like that book, because Loba Shammayim Hi. Rabbi Yeshua says, Loba <laughs> Shammayim So we don't follow that, that uh, sefer, which is a very powerful book. So he has questions and answers, asking backwards and voice in Shammayim. Just like Rabbi Yosef had a Magid, same thing, same idea. We learn Halakha. We're learning today, we're learning Halakha from the Magid. Like one of the Halakha we learn is to stay up all night on Shabbat. We got it from there. But it's an old custom before that. So what is Shaul? Shaul does not mention the Qanim, he doesn't mention Rumi Tumim. He says, Hashem has left me, he doesn't answer me, not through the prophets or not through the dreams. He didn't say, not through the Rumi Tumim. He didn't mention Rumi Tumim. Be quiet about the Rumi Tumim. He's embarrassed about the Urivatumim. And I called out to you to find out what to do. He didn't mention Urivatumim. How come he didn't mention it? That's the first thing he go to. The king goes to the Kohe with Urivatumim and gets an answer. Since he destroyed the city of Nov, the city of Kohenim, and therefore he was embarrassed, and that's why he didn't mention it to Shawash. Well, So Shmuel could have asked him, Hey, why did you go to Zalim him? How do we know that God forgave him? That they forgave him from heaven. Shnei Hamazah says, Shmuel said to Shaul, You Tomorrow you and your sons are going to be with me. Now the bad news is you're going to be with me. And the good news is you're going to be with me. The bad news is you're going to be dead. You're going to be with me in heaven. But the good news is, you're going to be in my mechitza. You're going to be in my place where I am. That's amazing. It's going to be with Shmuel Navi on a very high level. The show is going to be in Gan Eden with Shmuel and yeah. Navi. That's a very high level. Shmuel's yeshiva. Shmuel yeshiva. Yeah, it's going to be in Shmuel's yeshiva. And this is the real Shmuel. This is Shmuel and Navi, not, not Shmuel in Babel. This is Shmuel Navi. This is high level, very high level. We have no concept of these people where they are. I mean, they're, yeah we can't even we will we'll never even meet them. I don't know if we'll ever meet them in Ghanaian because they're on such high level in different levels of Ghana. There's so many different levels of Ghanaian. How can we say that Doeg and Achitofo didn't have good Midot Because the Ghana says in San that they never got a place in Alamaba. Forget about Midot They never got to Allah Horrible. They were not forgiven and they never got to Allah. So he's a Trump tower in Ghanaian? Yeah. Better. Way better. <laughs> There's nothing physical in Gan but it's spiritual, spiritual, whatever that means. I don't know. It's closer to Hashem. The closer you get to Hashem, the higher the level. That's a higher level. But it's the more level. rarefied. It's like climbing Everest. Right? There's oxygen. There's less physicality. There's much less than even the lower levels of Gan I guess. There's no physicality, but it's a kind of spiritual physicality, whatever that means. It's a thicker spirituality and a thinner spirituality, a more, mm. I don't know. The closer you get to God, is really nothingness. Even the malachim don't know where God is. I know. Then you get to ends of the one who has no end. You just don't know. It's very high level. Okay. So that's how we know that sh- Shaul got forgiveness because Shmuel. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com